0: Hey, thanks for tuning in today. This is JT and we're Spiritual Breath. We're going to continue on our teaching of self-evaluation. As you have listened in the previous messages, we are taking a closer look to how we're making these decisions that affect our life, especially when it comes to how we're trying to live a more spiritual life, when it comes to the things of God trying to operate in a manner where our life will be pleasing and acceptable unto him. So today's message, we're going to start off with the topic, what are you doing for sin? What are you doing for sin? I know that's kind of a negative thought that I'm sitting up here asking you, you know, hey, what are you doing for sin? Like you're rewarding yourself for sin. And that's not the case. I'm just showing you that you give a lot of leverage over to it. Therefore, it makes it a little more challenging for you to come from under its grip. Now, the only way I could put this together would be to start with Genesis, the very beginning of sin, when it was introduced in the manner that it was introduced in the Bible. And you see, you all that have read Genesis chapter one and two, you hear the development and the creation of life and and how God made uh, Adam and put him in the garden. And then he talked about all the things that were in the garden. And then he mentioned two trees. One was called the tree of life and the other was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the one that was of good and evil. Uh, God made it clear to Adam that he's not supposed to eat from the garden. But then you'll see when he had, um, when Eve shared the conversation with the adversary, she told him that she couldn't touch nor eat. And you're seeing that the conversation changed a little bit, but the conversation still remained the same. Uh, The same is that you cannot eat from it. And then Eve said you cannot touch. So we're looking at this conversation between her and the adversary and we pick up in chapter 3 and verse 1 where it starts off Said Now the serpent was more subdued than the beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Again, this is coming from the King James Version. So right off the bat, you see a discussion going on between uh, Eve and uh, the serpent. And you see Right off the bat, or the red dragon or Lucifer, whatever you want to use. But here's the question. Have, have, he said, has God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Right off the bat, sin or the imps of the adversary will try to see and pick your knowledge. To see where they can get some ground to challenge you on. See what you do know. Because remember, you can only be tempted on common demand. And and First and Corinthians 10 and 13, without a safe. So he can't tempt you on something that you don't know. So he needs to do the first test to see how aware you are of the things that God has said or the things that God has shared. And being said, in verse 2, the woman says uh, unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Three, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, ye shall not eat of it neither shall you touch it lest you die and the serpents respond to that after he has heard what she said he he, he gave an uh, uh, one statement to her that kind of changed the whole view and he said the serpent said unto the woman verse four ye shall not surely die for the first time we see that there's an altering of the word lest you die surely die now remember At this time, Adam and Eve could see no no wrong because all they were seeing were the spiritual things of God because even though their eyes were open, but they were open to do the work of God. It wasn't until the act of disobedience that their eyes were now open and they're seeing what is good and what is bad and all the negativity that comes from that action. Now, that's not biblically supported here in this documentation, but it is mentioned and it is shared. So therefore, we understand that this is their and for the first time, we're looking at it from another perspective. And and believe it or not, we're going to draw in closer to it because as we start seeing, we're going to see some eye-opening moments starting to share. And for the first time, you remember that God always gave us free choice and free will. But then you're going to see in this thing that Eve began to desire. The Bible says she desired. And, and let me share with that. So as we go through this, once you begin to entertain conversation that is ungodly, other things come about. Now look at this. And in verse 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 five, the devil begins to plot for destruction. He says, For God doeth know that the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Look at what happens. The devil mentioned a promotion. The devil mentioned being equal. Something that he could not give, but he put in a thought and just maybe, just maybe at that time, a, a interest was sparked in her, in her eyes, an interest sparked maybe in both eyes, because we all know that as we continue to read it, that Adam was right there alongside hearing the same conversation that Eve was having with the adversary. I want y'all to get this because in verse six, you start seeing a little change. In verse six of of chapter three, it says, and when the woman saw the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to her eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he did eat. Let's look at what happened, you all. For the first time you see in that the tree that we are making mention of was always the same thing. It never changed because if you go back in chapter two, you'll see that God told Adam that the tree was pleasant to to the eyes and and and, and, and full of food was good to eat. It's already addressed there. But he told them don't you touch it. Don't leave it alone. But yet in in verse nine of Genesis two it says that. It says let me read that to you. It says, and out of the ground made the Lord groweth every tree that is pleasant to sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge. So we see that they produced what they needed to produce and it was good. So there was nothing new that Eve seen, but what was mentioned to her, we see that it sparked an interest because she said that it was desire. Verse six, it says, and the tree to be desired to make one wise. See, look what's what happening here. But the introduction that he gave her sparked a desire in her for more. I'm not saying that's the good. I'm not saying it's the bad. But everything they were getting up to the time was given unto God, from God to them. But now the adversary challenged that very view and say, "Hey, listen, you have the opportunity to be greater." And this is what happens with sin. Sin gives you a false reality and have you to begin to require or quest after something that might be out of your reach and which would cause you to do things that is not godly in order to get it. For example, if you know that you need to purchase uh, an item or you need to uh, have a certain amount of money to get this item, and the only way you can get this item is to do something or set up or lie or, or trick somebody into giving you this money so that you can get it. That's sin. That's lying and all that stuff. And sin will cause you to do that because it'll make you feel like you need to have this in your life in order to be who you believe you need to be. Like you start living a false reality. So you always, as the people say, trying to keep up with the Joneses because you believe that that ideal person who is well-off, making and establishing himself, you can do the same thing if you begin to try to wait, find a way to compete with them or try to put yourself on the same playing field. And nine times out of ten, you don't get there because you're always trying to do more to try to keep up with somebody who's better off than you. And that's what sin does. But let's go back and look at sin. Now, we see that when Eve, she followed the instruct, well, when she began to eat of the fruit, she walked into disobedience. But when she, instead of her doing it herself, she made sure that her husband would know the wisdom that she now got, the knowledge that she now got, but also the disobedient as well. Now remember, You can't blame Eve for all this because Adam was right there and he heard the same conversation and he did not stop it. When she gave it to him, he did not resist it. He ate it too. So both of them were guilty for two different sins. Yes, she committed the sin by doing it. When she shared with him, he could have stopped it, but he decided to eat and both of them were instructed not to eat either from God or from husband, either or they were told not to eat and both of them violated. So God dealt with them differently, but the sin came about. See, the first thing was, uh, for the woman, she acknowledged, well, she looked and see that it was good. So she became observant. And when she took of it, she defied not only a husband who gave her instruction, but to God. Now, y'all say, how is that? Well, you see the little altering in the conversation where it says, don't touch. So you have to believe that Adam shared the conversation with her, that what the commandments of the garden was, because he was the one given charge to in Maine and contained the, the garden. So, we can go that over a little later for you all that maybe uh, have a little negative or want to see it from different view. That is not here nor there. But look at what happens when we see when God comes and address the situation with Adam and Eve. Now, in, <clears throat> in verse 10, we'll see, or verse 9, you'll see that the Lord called unto Adam and said, Where art thy?" See, whenever you are in sin or whenever you do an act of sin, believe you me, the Holy Ghost remind you that you have stepped out of the will of God. It reminds you that you're doing something that is not pleasing unto his sight. And he said unto him, verse 10, um, this is Adam speaking, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid, but I was naked and I hid myself. Let's look at this. this there's, there's three things or four things that are happening. He heard the voice in the garden. He was afraid. He was naked and it hid himself. Sin will cause you to do all three because the first thing you have to do is acknowledge that you're hearing from God and then you have to resist it. You had a knowledge that you're hearing the Holy Ghost to tell you something and you have to rebel against it. And it's a pinpoint here because Adams knew exactly where the voice was coming and he knew exactly who was speaking. So there was no if and miss, and no if and but. He knew God was speaking to him. But the first thing that he brought up is that he was afraid. What was he afraid of? Now, we can look at spiritually and say for the first time when his eyes began be, were open, he realized that there was a difference between good and evil, meaning they were in a blessed place to now a place of judgment, a, a place where God was showering them with protection to a place now that they're not protected. For the first time, they, they are ashamed that sin has separated them from God, or maybe they're feeling an empty void, an absent. Because before, they didn't feel this feeling. So now they're starting to have feelings of what it means to be separated from protect, a protected area or uh, being disconnected. I put down in my notes that they, uh, they, they understand they, they understand what afraid and fear feels like. They had to accept the act of fears. Doubt was in and introduced. Disconnection. And yes, rebellion. Then we look at it. Uh, the next part said, "Because I was naked." Um, naked means now that you, you're you're uncovered, you're without covering, you're disconnected, you're separated. You know, you 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 you're no longer under that hedge of protection. You're just out there. And then, what does the last thing sin does? Sin have you to try to hide what you have done. It has you to try to find and make attempts to 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 uh, cover up, to to mislead you. To um, uh, 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 to ignore or rebel against or, or resist, it has uh, the 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 power that we give it to make us feel ashamed. Separation completely from the things of God, and that's his whole goal. That's the whole goal. But I want to show you something. When God spoke to Adam after his conversation. He asked him something very keen. He didn't care about him being afraid. He didn't care about him even hiding himself. He asked him a question. Who told you that thou were naked? Because when you look at the Bible, in the early part, they knew they were naked. The Bible made it clear that before they ate the fruit, they knew they were naked. But now you hear Adam addressing naked from another point of view. For the first time, he was looking at naked that being stripped. Because God asked him, did you eat from the tree? Where I commanded thee not that I should not eat? And then the next phase that sin brought in is what we call is the blame game. From that point on, he began to blame. He said, it was the woman that you gave me. He did never address that he failed. He did not say that he ate of the fruit until later after the fruit. He says, it was a woman that I that, that gave it me. She gave me the tree, gave, uh, gave me of the tree, and I did eat of it he blamed her for his action but he was right there with him he did not say hey i stopped her or this this he did not rebuke uh uh, eve when she attempted to give it to him he ate of it but then he said it was a woman and then the woman did the same thing she said it was a serpent he beguiled me and i did eat but god told both of them not to do it and then but you didn't see god addressing the adversary he didn't go to him and say hey what you do because that was his job. If you look at Revelation, I think at thirteen, you will see that his 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 whole good uh, whole goal was to come against a woman. You'll look at it. It's that's another story for another day. But you're seeing that right now sin has taken different different levels and different shades because it went from the fact that it introduced fear. It introduced a disconnection. It makes you feel ashamed. It makes you hide and try to cover up your sin. And then when out it tells you not to take accountability for your actions, you blame others for your, your pitfalls or your falls or whatever. Instead of you acknowledging, hey, you know what? I've sinned to come short of your glory. Lord, it's me standing in need and a prayer. God, help me with my unbelief. God, help me with my actions. These are some things that I can't control. We don't do that. What is happening is we continue with the blame game and we continue to run and hide as if God can't see us. And we keep doing it until eventually we surrender. Maybe we do, maybe you don't. But I'm here to tell you all that we can take power back from the adversary. We can take back our authority if we are willing to accept that we do fall short. None of us are perfect. We're born in sin and work on iniquities, but we know that sin is always abound, but it doesn't mean that we have to give into it We need to be able to go to God and say, hey, you know, God, there are certain things that that just can't, I can't stop sinning. I'm praying, I'm seeking, but it's just not happening. So I need to turn this over to you and you teach me how to do it. You teach me how to overcome this. Teach me how to be a better saint. Teach me how to follow your path. Teach me how to govern myself under your word. Help me in my shortcomings. Help me to become a better uh, Christian. Help me to be that one that you're seeking in this last day. Show me how to live a life that you can see me as, uh, as, a, as a living example of what you want your child of God to look like. And I believe if you ask God to humble you down and teach you and, and, and show you and, and convict you and chastise you when you are in a wrongful place with love now, You'll continue to grow in him and you'll learn from his teaching and you'll learn from the way that he he interacts with you to help you to stand so that when the devil comes up with these traps, you'll be able to resist them and he'll flee. The Bible tells you. Is it that easy to do? I believe so. But is it going to happen overnight? No. You're going to still make mistakes. But as long as you keep striving and keep asking God to help and, and, and he's faithful to do some, the Bible says when he forgives you, he don't hold it against you anymore. So we have to get to the place where you forgive us, but we also need to learn how to forgive ourselves. And that's a whole other teaching that we'll dive into at a later date. But for today, I'm asking you, what are you doing for sin? In other words, what power are you giving over? What practices are you continuing And why are you still continuing to act in fear? Why are you still trying to hide yourself under your shame? And why is it that you won't sit there and take ownership for your actions? Take ownership and stop trying to blame everybody else for your 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 fault your failure because the only reason you're failing is because you're not making the decision to stand up and take accountability for your actions. Let's stop feeding sin. Let's stop supporting sin and let's stand up and separate from sin. Hey, this is JT. I ask you that you listen to this message. Listen to it over again and again. Share it with somebody. Maybe somebody will get some, some information on it. And if you want to read more on this, you can look at uh, Genesis chapter 2 and chapter 3. And you see the whole story. And Revelation chapter 12, where you can see the introduction of the adversary. When he came, he called him the first wonder in heaven. And you start seeing his plot against mankind and his destruction. So, that's just a little bit for We're tied to three scriptures together, and you'll see how uh, three books together Genesis 2, Genesis 3, and Revelation 12 to help you start getting a clear picture of what sin's actions are and how we have given authority to it over time, and to see where even in Genesis. That they didn't repent for their actions they didn't repent until later on i think it's chapter six when god said that they had seph and seph restored the connection between god and man back where he began to trust him and read up on it uh the first six chapters of genesis a pretty good uh, book to read because it starts sharing you how you can see how sin is starting to get breath and all the actions that it come from but you can see also how you can resist this and become free of this because remember we're trying to get to a place where we trust solely in god and that he leads and guides and directs us. But now that we understand that the troubles and, and the issues that come about it, we can do something about it. So until I speak to you again, have a blessed one. Share this. Tell somebody about it. Continue to dial in and hear me on Anchor on the video, uh, Feed the Thought on YouTube, Feed the Thought on the podcast. And for your entrepreneurs um, that need some motivation and encouragement, hit us up on Uh, let's get it on anchor as well all three uh platforms are just there to change your perspective that you may get change your perspective to get to your perspective in life that whatever we can do to try to help we're here for you until i talk to you again god bless and take care